This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. This is Shannon Burning, books editor for Knowledge at Wharton and executive editor for Wharton Digital Press. I'm happy to be here today to speak with Vivek Wadwa, the author of Innovating Women, The Changing Face of Technology with Farai Chadea. Vivek, thank you for speaking to Knowledge at Wharton today. Good to be here, Shannon. You start the book by sharing a moment of epiphany inspired by an observation made by your wife. Can you tell us about that moment? Yes, you know, I came to Silicon Valley to research its immigrant networks. Why had Silicon Valley been so successful in fostering immigrant entrepreneurship? Why is it that one group in particular, Indians, had been so successful? I was really fascinated with Silicon Valley, and I imagined, I believed, I said it was the world's greatest meritocracy until I came over here. I mean, I, I used to do a lot of writing for TechCrunch, the local tech blog, and we happened to be at... Uh, at a big TechCrunch event, uh, one of their major conferences. And in between, uh, my wife says, Vivek, do you notice something strange over here? <laughs> I said, yeah, we're sitting next to Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, it, it, I was sort of uh, you know, amazed to be in the middle of all of uh, this innovation and the amazing things that happen over here. And she basically said, Vivek, no, look around. What, what don't you see? And, and that's when the light went off in my head, saying that there weren't any, there weren't any women there. And it was basically a shock to realize that uh, half of the population is being left out of the innovation economy. Right, and that ultimately led you to research the presence of women in the tech field. What, what was it that you learned? Well, I, what I learned was that there was really no difference between women and men, that um, they had the same strengths, the same weaknesses, the same uh, motivations. I systematically went and opened up my research papers in the past. I went through my own data sets. And I realized that I was so ignorant that I had not even recorded the gender of the people I was interviewing. So I had to go and reverse engineering my research and, and look at it again. And I was surprised that there was literally no difference. And then the question was, if there's no difference, then, then why is it that women are left out? Why don't we see women in tech conferences? Why is it that uh, there are no uh, women on the boards of uh, Silicon Valley companies? Why are the executive teams all male when there's really no, literally no difference between women and men? That's right. And in talking about these issues, you face some um, some criticism. Is that right? Oh, boy. The first article I wrote was titled, uh, Silicon Valley, you and your venture capitalists have a gender problem. And I uh, you know, rehashed my own research. I looked and I cited other data. And I noticed that something was really wrong here, coming to this, uh, uh, this ecosystem and not seeing women. I was stunned at the negative, visceral reaction that, that I received. I mean, the, the angry emails I was getting, the comments posted online, the, um, uh, the nastiness on social media. I was just absolutely shocked at the, at the crude, childish behavior uh, of uh, the boys' club. Uh, frankly, this wasn't just uh, a bunch of immature children. This is a who's who. These were prominent venture capitalists, prominent executives, of companies who were um, um, attacking me for saying that some, there's something wrong over here. Right. That ultimately led you to publish a book for the general reader on your research findings. You, you weren't to be stopped by the criticism. Uh, the way in which you created the book was unusual. Please tell us a little bit about this process and why you chose to go that route. Right. So I decided to do more research and you know, interview hundreds more women. And I have a research paper 
which is still yet to be released, which will be released soon on uh, women in innovation. But at the same time, I want to express opinion. And in academic papers, you can't do that. that you know. So what I decided to do was to write a book. And then uh, the first thing that occurred to me was, who's the guy to tell women how to solve their problems? <laughs> so, so that was a dilemma. And, um, and then also, uh, I had spent a lot of money on research. I, I um, wanted to fund it. I spoke to my wife, Tavinder, about it. And she said, Vivek, get women to help you. There was such an obvious answer. So I decided to crowdfund the book and then crowd create it. I essentially did an Indiegogo campaign in which I raised money. So out of the $40,000 I needed, I raised $96,000. Now, all the money from this is going to a fund to educate and empower women. So it was great to get that kind of support. And then I wanted 30 or 40 women to help me with the, uh, with the research and writing. I ended up getting more than 500 women. There was an outpouring of support from women who were, who were thrilled that I was stepping into this debate and that I would be uh, researching and writing more about it. That's wonderful. And you, you called the women who contributed to the book ambassadors. What themes arose when you, in what you heard from the ambassadors? Uh, Shannon, it was heartbreaking. I mean, heart-wrenching. I mean, every woman you sp- uh, that I spoke to talked about the problems she had faced. I had no idea that women faced these problems. I mean, things, you know, being a guy, I sort of, I, I was really ignorant to the problems. Uh, the fact that 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 men can be uh, uh, men can actually treat women the way they do. Uh, every experience that women have uh, uh, from from being in college and the way professors uh, uh, mistreat them to being in uh, to now j- uh, joining the workforce and then being treated differently than the guys and then having uh, uh, different expectations and. and and all the challenges they faced. And, and then the real harsh stuff, women being groped, women being raped, women being abused, women, women being talked down to. I mean, and to hear these story, stories firsthand, really, literally, you know, uh, it, this, this, this changed me. I mean, I, I'm not the same person I was before I started doing this research because I've, I've become a feminist. I mean, literally, that's the best way to describe me, is that I'm as vocal about this issue as are the women I've interviewed because I've, I've, I've uh, learned firsthand about the challenges they faced and, the, and the, the treatment that women received. This is just not right. It must be fixed. That's right. And, and what is it that you think can be done to, to change the way things are now? Well, first of all, we have to admit there's a problem. This is like uh, being an alcoholic. Unless you admit that you're an alcoholic, you're not going to fix it. You have to admit there's a problem. And then you have to understand the root causes and then fix them. So. Silicon Valley has now has had the crap beaten out of it. That you know, I I, I was uh, one of the few people writing about this issue to start with. Now there's a chorus of writers, including venture capitalists and and um, uh, Silicon Valley moguls themselves, who are writing about the fact that there's a problem and we need we need to fix it. So that Silicon Valley has now acknowledged that that uh, it has been out of line. The next step is to understand the root causes or causes of the problem to measure it and to fix it. One of the, the, big, the battles I had to also fight was to get companies to disclose their gender data, to basically tell us how many women they have. Now, I, I, I you know, wrote about this um, a couple of years ago, and I've been speaking to uh, some of the large companies behind the scenes saying, look, tell me what your gender data are. They wouldn't do it. They said it was a trade secret. Well, there has been a chorus of criticism, and uh, over the last three or four months, one after the other, they're coming in line, starting with Google, and most recently, Apple, each of them is now disclosing their data. 
and they're coming clean. They're saying, look, uh, we know this, these numbers are not impressive. We know we have a problem, and we pledge to fix it. So this is the process that's happening right now, and it will lead to a lot of good. Thank you. What, what do you hope readers will take away from the book as a, as a final question? The book really is for women to understand that they're not alone. It's to inspire them and to motivate them, to have other women tell them their stories. It's not a guy, Vivek Wadwa, telling them what to do or uh, how the problem can be fixed. It's really hundreds of other women saying, look, um, this is what we went through. It's all right. Uh, this is how we uh, um, surmounted the problems. This is how you can surmount the problems. And by the way, here's what the future looks like. I wrote a chapter on the new opportunities for women about how advancing technologies are leveling the playing field and how the future belongs to women. So it's basically women telling women, uh, you know, rah, 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 go, we can change the world, and we will change the world. So it's a very positive message overall, and I'm hoping that it will inspire thousands of women now to take the rightful role in the innovation economy and to save the world. I'm sure it will. Thank you, Vivek, for speaking with Knowledge at Wharton today. Thank you. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.